What's up, everyone? This is Must Go Faster, a pop culture podcast for the people. I'm your co-host, Ben Brantlinger, broadcasting from Brooklyn. And out in Long Beach, California, wearing my nanotech tracksuit, I'm Robert Denfeld. So in this episode, we are going to talk about J. Cole's new LP, K.O.D. Uh, We're also going to review Avengers Infinity War and tell you why you should be watching the new uh, show, Killing Eve. Yes. But first... We must address the man of the hour, <laughs> yes. Earn, a.k.a. Lando Calarizian, a.k.a. Creative Renaissance Man, a.k.a. Future EGOT winner, a.k.a. Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Oh, a. Cultural Man of the Year, Mr. <laughs> Donald Glover. Well done. Man, I need to... Ben, I'm impressed. It's <laughs> yeah. a lot of AKs there, but I mean... A I man think of many talents. With him more than almost anyone on the world... In the world, um, he he is deserving of that kind of uh, kind of intro <laughs> hype. Yeah. There is so much happening with this dude right now, so let's just jump right into it. We have to. Did start... you say his real name? <laughs> at the I end, that? yeah. Okay, yeah, Donald I think I Glover. Blacked, yeah. I blacked out <laughs> okay. at the end of that. I, I think I said Mr. <laughs> Donald Glover, but okay, okay. Um, yeah, we'll have to listen back and make sure I did. <laughs> so let's begin with "This Is America" the music video, yeah, which dropped. I'm recording this right now about a week after it dropped, Mm -hmm. Uh, and this video was released during his SNL hosting gig, Um, either right before, right after, or even during he performed the song itself. Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, And I'm just going to say it right now, this video is the cultural moment of the year so far. Yes. The first time I consumed it, it was that night. I had stayed in my apartment. I wasn't going out on the town. Uh-huh. And I was getting into bed around like 1 a.m. And uh-huh. I checked Twitter, as I usually do, see that this is the top trend. Of sure. course, it piques my interest. I right. watched the video. I react. I text a few people, like, watch this immediately. And then I proceeded to, I mean, I'm uh, watch it nine more times, like, that, right. that night. I mean, right. I was so struck by it. And... There's no, this is no exaggeration. This is the most serious statement I've ever said on, okay. most serious and accurate statement I've said on this podcast so far. Okay, spill it. I've wa- I've watched this video over fifty times. Wow. I'm not like, I mean, it's 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 like a, uh, I don't know. I can't I can't yeah. get enough of it. It's repeatable, um, and there's yeah. so much to look at. You know, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Directed, <laughs> I remember you you, you yeah, texted me real quick. You texted me. Uh, I believe Sunday morning, right? Uh, it was dropped Saturday night, and you texted me Sunday morning. And you were like, "Have you seen this video? I'm obsessed. I've watched it ten <laughs> times." And I was like, "Oh God, I haven't even heard of it." You know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, what did I miss? Come on. So Good, yeah, yeah, get up to speed, man. I was like eight um, hours behind, but I missed it. <laughs> right, right. So it was directed by uh, Hiro Murai. Murai, yeah, Murai, yeah who um, has become a pretty prominent director, particularly in the TV music video space. Like yeah. He's done a lot of episodes of Atlanta this season. Uh-huh. He's directed some awesome episodes of HBO's Barry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he was Childish Gambino's director, music video director, mm-hmm. like early on in his career. So they're mm-hmm. obviously like close collaborators. Yeah. And it, just in watching this video, it was just one of those times where you – immediately knew this was going to be a big deal that people yeah. will be talking about. And I mean, it's not when you consider the content of the video and what you're watching, that's not, uh-huh. I didn't really go out on a limb there. I'm not, <laughs> I wasn't the only person to say it that night, Yeah, but it, you know, it totally was. And you know, that's been proven since it's been released. Yeah. It is it's, it's deep. the most talked <laughs> about. Um, 
let, just a few things about this video before moving on to the song and some of other sure. of uh, Glover's endeavors um, yeah. this month. <laughs> right. Just the the facial expressions in this video. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about what's at the forefront. I know there's a lot of subtext and meaning about what's happening behind the camera. All that is mm-hmm. super important, probably the most mm-hmm. important part of the video. But I'm just at the forefront, these facial expressions. I mean, give this man yeah. a freaking Oscar or I something. I, He's it, a great is, actor. How quickly they change the range of expressions. You're yeah. just, they're so captivating. Um, yeah. That was something that I was first struck by when, when watching the video. Right. Well, and the first time you watch it, that's that's sort of the point of it is that you're staring at his face and his facial expressions and you don't notice, uh, you know, the stuff going on in the background. And then the second time you watch it, you're watching the dancing and you're watching, you know, mm-hmm. the, the five or six kid dancers that are with him the whole time. And then you're, the next time you watch it, you kind of focus on, you know, like the little intricacies of the camera movements. And then the next time you watch it, you focus on the background a little more and you're like, oh man, I didn't even notice there was like a fire in the background. And then you right, see right. like the the white horse with death riding it and, you know, like all these little things. So yeah, it's it's just so layered and, and complex. It's fascinating. The body movements. I mean, he's dancing like freaking... MJ. I mean, I of yeah. course he's like an amazing he's a great dancer. dancer. Like man. I didn't even know. I mean, he's just someone creatively. He puts his mind to it. He kind yeah. of masters it. He's just right. kind of this other world. Has this yeah. like otherworldly <laughs> talent that yeah. None of, us. of course, of course, he's like you know a studio or whatever. Uh, like video quality dancer as well. You know, like right. nobody yeah, even yeah, knew yeah. he was he could dance and he's like great at it. So sure, sure. Um, you know, the camera movements, we mentioned the director, it, it, mm-hmm. it, it's shot in a way that makes it feel like it's, 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 you know, one take. There's a lot yeah. of kind of, there's some cool, like crane shots, almost the camera is uh-huh. like gliding around uh-huh. and yeah. it, it's just so well choreographed and staged. The whole thing is like a Broadway play, like, you know, yeah. it's like theatrical performance. That's, that's a good way um, to put it. And yeah, the subtext, I mean, you know, I think for what we, you know, <laughs> Yeah, we don't necessarily you know, we need don't to wanna, like, dig into the, sure, the sure, hidden sure. meanings and uh, you know all the complexities of the song itself and the the meanings of the stuff going on in the background. It's and I think uh, even even Donald Glover himself uh, has sort of pushed back on providing any context mm-hmm. to the video. He's like, I, I watched a few interviews with him, and he just sort of says, "I don't want to," you know. Uh, provide anything to people and and you know sway what they feel about it it's just I put it out there and it's for the people and it's for culture and you know uh, it's open for interpretation and enjoy it you know like and that's I think what we're gonna do just we don't need to dive into all the all the stuff going on but yeah it's what do you feel how do you feel about the song itself like without detached from the video Mm -hmm. so I it is hard to separate the song and the video. It is. Um, I found that, and I've streamed it, you know, many times as well. Um, I really dig the song, though, as a standalone. Just yeah, me too. Piece of music. Um, uh-huh. You know, I just kind of getting specifically, like, you know, it opens with this kind of nylon acoustic guitar finger picking. It's not like perfectly mm-hmm. played, but it has like this nice you know almost like tropical and bright feel and that mm-hmm. it, it leads into this and there's intro. like some tribal drums going on yeah that kind of becomes a, i mean there's not a chorus in this song but you know there is yeah. that break that is very kind of like euphoric and gospel like mm-hmm. and yeah but the way it transitions from there into the into the verses 
it's so seamless, but almost mm-hmm. it also feels like two totally different songs. So totally, it's um, you know, and, that and those verses like are three like, or four times. Yeah, and th- those verses are like pure like trap hip hop music. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I love the space in between his lyrics. It's kind of the deepening of his voice. He's never really sounded like this on a, a record before. It almost yeah. If you if you consider Childish Gambino's earlier work, I mean it. it it does sound like almost an entirely different artist in a way. Well, it kind of combines... I mean, he has done some sort of like hard hip-hop songs, especially his first couple albums. He was yeah. he was focusing a little more on that. But then Awaken My Love, the 2016 album, was a lot more like funk and R&B. sort of like 70s R&B uh, mm-hmm. funkadelic stuff. And that it, this song kind of combines both of those elements. And yeah. uh, and he sings the chorus at times. Or it's It's weird. It's just like interspersed lines of singing you know it's just it's fascinating the way his voice like changes and all the different you know the range of his ability as a vocalist is fascinating yeah uh i think he he really came into his own on awaken my love and kind of found like his sound and what he was trying to go for at least i i interpreted it uh that way but uh yeah this song is like very unique and kind of stands alone in his uh entire catalog mm-hmm I love, yeah, the breakdown in, like, the final minute of the song with this, like, booming synth and bass. All these kind of just sonic pieces fitting together in a really exciting way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there was a rumor. I don't even know if... I should have checked this, double-checked this, but he even said it himself that, like, after Awaken My Love, he was going to kind of quit music mm. altogether. Um, uh-huh. Obviously, that's not the case anymore. He had signed a deal with RCA and is expected to release his next album, um, with them later this year. I also want to uh, mention that he signed a publishing deal with the company I work for, Cobalt, um, <laughs> which I've never explicitly mentioned before. I yeah. mean, I know you know a lot of people that listen to this kind of know us personally and kind of know what right. the jobs they are and whatnot. <laughs> right. But I felt like here was a case. You know, it, it felt like the right time to bring it up. Yeah, that Personal I do work for, for Cobalt Music um, and AWOL, which is the recordings division of, of Cobalt. I do brand marketing for them and. As part of uh, Donald Glover's kind of, you know, gigantic month, <laughs> um, you know, his music project, Challenge Gambino, signed a, a publishing deal with Cobalt, which is obviously a, a huge deal for us and um, was yeah. really exciting. So that's very just cool. wanted to point that out because I think it's it's part of his his story, more on the business side, not as, mm-hmm. not as sexy as, uh, you know, this music video and his SNL <laughs> hosting gig, but <laughs> right. um, it's pretty awesome to be, to be, uh, have a, have a little part part in this yeah man yeah personal Um, connection to the biggest biggest star in the country right now i would say totally um so he as we mentioned he did host snl which i think we were i've watched most i didn't watch it straight through but i saw most of the clips that people were talking about Uh um like a kanye place which was i thought just perfect amazing uh execution that great you know snl like that's their sweet spot of like you know just taking like two really relevant parts of, of pop culture and combining mm-hmm. them in a way that yeah. on the surface seems like it wouldn't work, but then you watch it and it's hilarious. And yeah. I mean, and how it's could so you timely. Not? Yeah. Totally. And we're not going to get into Kanye in this pod. So let's just <laughs> sure. move on. Um, no, that, that skit is yeah. so funny. And I wanted to mention about that one. There's a great uh, behind the scenes um, yeah, yeah. video about that on YouTube and just the way they make their digital shorts and how it's, you know, pitched on Tuesday and then they're building the set on Wednesday and then they shoot on Thursday. You know, it's like this crazy turnaround, but it's really fascinating to see. 
Yeah, I watched that too. It really, yeah, it just gives you a good behind the scenes look at just how much work that is. The schedule that those yeah. SNL guys are on is just it's a crazy week. It's, yeah, it's unlike yeah. anything. Um, <laughs> I can see why they burn out after like five years. Yeah, it would just, you know, and I saw a lot of people saying like this was one of the easily one of the best episodes of the season this year on SNL. Oh, yeah, and no doubt. It would be amazing, you know, if he just decided like just given his talent and how much he can dominate some kind of creative lane if he just commits to it like if he was just like mm-hmm. i'm gonna be a permanent cast member on snl right. for one season it's well, just like imagine it, how much of a lightning bolt that would be i to just snl i mean it's it's that's not gonna happen because yeah mean, now it's, it's too late like, yeah. sure sure well um, he's he mentioned in his monologue that he did actually audition for snl twice and yeah, did yeah. not get chosen and uh kind of you know played a played a bit on that and made you made fun of it and you know a little a little nod to um uh Oh God, what's who's the guy that runs SNL? Um, uh, Lauren Michaels. Yeah, Lauren Michaels. Yeah, just like a little jab at him. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was really funny and well done. But he's such an amazing actor. Like, so you said you watched it like YouTube videos. You watched uh, clip by clip. I went the other route and watched the whole thing in its entirety. Uh, you know, all the way through on Hulu without commercials and just <laughs> the nice flow. <laughs> right, commercial right. free from hulu <laughs> yeah well we pay extra um <laughs> but just the the rhythm of the episode and like the flow from skit to skit is amazing like i've never maybe not never but it's one of the best uh hosting jobs and acting performances i've ever seen on the show just uh collectively like if you go skit by skit his acting is is just amazing in every single bit and it's everyone is funny like Every every uh, skit is worth watching and funny and has its moments and and that's kind of rare, especially nowadays on SNL. There's usually one or two like throwaway skits that just didn't quite hit or work. Oh, yeah. But this episode, I, I think I'd put it in the top five uh, hosting jobs I've ever seen mm-hmm. on SNL and uh, some of the skits. I it, for me, it's the best episode of the season, uh, season forty three of the show. Uh, which is amazing. And then not to mention he is the musical guest and does two songs live yeah. during the show, you know, and it's, it's funny to hear him in the monologue say, you know, stick around. Childish Gambino is here. It's like, Me. that's you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Really cool. And we would be remiss to not mention, oh yeah, he does a little show called Atlanta. Right. It just wrapped up its second season. We've talked about Atlanta, you know, a few pods ago. It's still the most exciting, unique show on TV. I think it's kind of the biggest part of his legacy so far, right. actually. I mean, I I don't know, just given what that show has done um, mm-hmm. these, these two seasons. Um, the back half of the second season has been especially fantastic. Yeah. Um, continues to surprise and provoke. We can do a separate Atlanta pod now, but <laughs> yeah. obviously we need to mention, um, you know, his his show on FX is just... I'm really- a, I'm really glad they it seems like the second season they've kind of doubled down on the the strange factor and like eclectic nature of the individual like vignette episodes they're they're kind of all standalone with like a general world and and theme Mm -hmm. um yeah it's been a fascinating season and really really fun to watch and amazing and and it's kind of allowed him to you know uh launch his career to this next level and he has like the credibility and notoriety from oh, yeah. critics can, and everybody and mm-hmm. 
So yeah, it's it, it's been fascinating. But uh, real quick, I wanted to mention a couple more before we get off SNL. I thought the uh, the friendos with with Keenan Thompson and Chris Red, mm-hmm. their the spoof of Migos in therapy was <laughs> yeah, yeah, an yeah. amazing one of the best digital shorts I've seen in a while. Uh, the Raz P Berry '80s music video. Did you see that one? No, no, I don't think I caught that. Oh one. man, that, that one. So that one was a live performance on yeah, set. Yeah. It was amazing. Just highlights his like musical ability and his acting ability. I thought it was fascinating. Uh, the courtroom drama scene where he's like defending. He's a lawyer defending uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, mm. this guy, mm. this guy's on the stand and his two friends were eaten by dinosaurs and he's like defending the park. It's really funny. Uh, yeah. yeah kind of ties into this, this podcast title. Um, we love Jurassic park. And then he does a, another, I mean, I'm not going to mention all of them, but the last one I'll mention is, uh, Lando's summit. So he plays Lando yeah. Calrissian in solo, a star Wars story coming out. And he, you know, another flex from him here plays, the character on SNL before the movie comes out, you know, and it's like, wow, that's pretty, pretty amazing. Just like shows his level of uh, his fame right now. And I was thinking, I hope Disney approved this, you know, cause it's a little bit of like a, not risque per se, but uh, a little bit of like a controversial topic that he talks about in the, in the skit. So yeah, yeah, yeah I just yeah. thought it, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and I've heard, I mean, no surprise here, but like the early buzzes, he just like steals the show and, and Solo, which comes out. Oh, soon. yeah, I've heard um, that too. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, all of just these series of events, I mean, we've talked about these like five or six, like, uh, you know, parts of his career that have really gone to the next level over the last month or even, you know, the last week or two. And it's been like just, it's been so, it's so with, like handled with so much precision and it feels like something that, you know, like Beyonce's team. Yeah, you know, would do, and yeah. obviously, like the rollout has just been like executed in a way that's just like perfect, and it's yeah, you know, the content that he's been putting out is of such a high quality and feels mm-hmm. so important that it just, I don't know, it, it is like a really, I think, special time, um, it is. obviously for him, and I, you know, just going back to the video, I mean, that is just riveting art. I mean, I can't remember yeah. being moved by a music video like that in a long time. Probably the yeah. most important video since Kendrick Lamar is all right. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we talked about the dance movements and, and what you're seeing at the forefront, but kind of just like one point on kind of the deeper meaning, it's like how we as a, you know, American society and culture get distracted by the entertainment in front of us and right. aren't really seeing what's happening in the background and holistically. And we're kind of just in for like that, you know, entertainment forefront, Surface like, level. Hey, look at this yeah. performance and, 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 you know, not being able to see what, like the forest through the trees is that, that's the yeah. right metaphor. Well know. put. So um, let's let's uh, move on. I mean, we could talk. We could do a whole episode on the Donald Glover yeah, right movement right now. Yeah. Um, but uh, we know we wanted to hit on this record from J. Cole yeah. that dropped about a month ago. I wouldn't say it's not exactly hot off the press, um, but yeah, it is one came out that April you, 20th. you and I have been um, kind of vibing to this record uh, for a while. So we wanted to, mm-hmm. to kind of address it here on the pod. Um, it broke the 24 hour streaming record on Apple music. It definitely, I mean, he's got a pretty, um, big fan base, which I'll, I'll get into in a bit. Uh-huh. I, I think I saw on your Instagram story 
that you dropped a take saying that this was the album of the year so far for you. you <laughs> well, I just, said, I, I just said K.O.D., which is the title of the album, is fire emoji, flame oh, okay. emoji. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Just flame emoji, but still, still right. uh, high praise. So this is yes. his fifth studio album. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, since he's released it, I found, I found myself, it wasn't an album that I like, was immediately you know, really into, but I found myself mm. kind of like, increasingly going back to it more and more since it's been released and it's it's Mm -hmm. it's like you know been holding up and i've been kind of appreciating it more and more and there wasn't a single or any marketing really leading up to this album it was basically announced the week before Mm -hmm. um he has you know this pretty large established fan base so he can kind of get away without doing any promotion like that right right my first experience with j cole was his debut album back in 2011 cole world the sideline story I recall being really into that album at the time, and he was a very buzzed about rapper because he was co-signed by Jay-Z, he was signed to Rockefeller, um, mm-hmm. he was kind of like given this, you know, platform to be like, you're, yeah. you're next up, and there was just, right. I remember that time, it was like when I first moved to New York, and uh-huh. they're just, and he's from Queens as well, so I, I remember there being, you know, now a lives lot of in LA. Yeah, <laughs> West Coast. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and you know, one thing about that, that record, which I've gone back and, you know, listened to since listening to KOD, um, yeah. is that he, you can tell it's kind of his first record. He didn't really have the seasoning. It felt kind of like forced in a way and his voice mm. felt kind of like pent up and just sure. like straining a little bit. But I think on yeah. KOD, he sounds very comfortable, almost mm-hmm. like relaxed and the flow is deadly. The production is smooth. Yeah. It's definitely, and he the produced most, most of it. Yeah, yeah, which I I, I, I got to give him props on. Very and impressive. It's definitely the most I've been into a J. Cole record since um since the first one, and I, I think okay. I like it more than that. Yeah, I, I think it's maybe my favorite. I really like Forest Hill, I think it's called Forest Hills Drive 2014 yeah. or something. Um, Yeah, this, this is a really, like, unified uh piece of work, and the general themes, like, K.O.D. is the title of the album. It, it's, you know, could be any one of these acronyms, Kids on Drugs, king overdosed or kill our demons i guess uh mm, i don't know where that topics. came yeah yeah exactly and well the the album touches on these themes of like of addiction is is the yeah. main one and then drug abuse uh dependence um depression like concept album in a way yeah it's like definitely very unified by those themes throughout yeah you know. depression and pain also and and one of the quotes, like in the intro of the song, uh, and it's it's said a few times throughout the album. It's it it goes, life can bring much pain. There are many ways to deal with this pain. Choose wisely. So it's I mean it, it's talking about like drug use in in you know kids culture these days and like all the different avenues you can take in that world and you know he admits his you know drug of choice in marijuana and like talks about that a lot and um you know just like choose wisely like deal with your problems in a responsible way like no one's gonna judge you for things uh you know it's just really like heavy stuff but done in a way that i've i've seen some reviews that are like it's a little heavy-handed and like who is he to say this stuff? But it's like, well, it's really important. Who is he? He has the, he has this platform of millions of kids listening to his work. Like it's an important message and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of unique and something that's never really been done before in, in the hip hop world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, yeah, I want to note that there are no features on this album. There's this yeah. guy, Kill Edward, who I think it's been right. confirmed that those are just sped up vocals of, of Cole himself. So, oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I literally, it's just him 
over these beats. Uh, I really like the the album artwork. I know I yeah, me too. I bashed uh, in our last episode <laughs> the Cardi B and Jack White, and maybe right. oh, Ben does he hate all album art- artwork? No, no, I don't. no, no. Uh, this this one, one's really good. Very yeah, colorful, striking. It's almost like this mural like oil painting style. Yeah, um, and I it shows it really kids. Cool. It shows like various uh, kids doing various drugs on the bottom, and at yeah, the top, I mean, that's not it cool, has this. Art, art, no, but I mean that's what done. the album's about. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's what he's trying to touch on, and yeah, yeah. he's like sitting on top with this throne and like a pinky ring or whatever. But uh, at the very top of the the album art, a tiny little quote says, "This album is in no way intended to glorify addiction," mm-hmm. uh, which is you know very cool that he included that just because he maybe thought like maybe some people are going to misinterpret this album like i'm glorifying you know drug use and i'm trying to make it cool like no this is this is against that and this i'm trying to like bring it to the bring it to the table and and touch on it and not shy away from it so yeah yeah i i really love the cover as well yeah and j cole he's always been a very like lyrically focused rapper he's got kind of this a reputation, I don't know how fair it is, but as being, I've heard people's like, Ferdom is like, quote unquote, like, it's kind of boring because he's like so focused on lyrics and not so uh-huh. much like, you know, trends in hip hop. Sonically. Um, you know, big like, you know, club bangers or yeah. he, he kind of like stays in his own lane and he does have a very, his fan base is pretty like cult, like in Die a way hard. that, and, yeah. and they are like a little insecure. I've just kind of noticed on like, the internet and things, it seems like they have a chip on your folder and they're just kind of mm. waiting to like pounce on you for any disrespect you might say. Oh, okay. Cole. Um, yeah. I and you know, really there, that, there's but... like a lot of people, yeah, that who feel that he's like, you know, the best MC of the last 20 sure. years or something, which um, I, I, I wouldn't say, but, you know, getting back to this album, um, KOD. Definitely one of the best though. I mean, yeah, he's been, he's been, you know, very, very successful he's credible yeah. um well so this you know, is he's his not... fifth studio album as you said and it's his fifth yeah. consecutive album to debut at number one on the billboard charts and yeah, yeah, yeah. it broke this one smashed all these records and became the the third largest streaming week in history uh only behind kendrick's damn and drake's more life album so mm-hmm. like i mean this album is is doing huge numbers and yeah is without like a successful like I, I read that they're servicing, you know, the, the track, the title track KOD to like the radio, uh-huh. but it doesn't, you know, I wouldn't call it overall a necessarily radio friendly yeah. album. Um, the production and is ATM. That's that song's like, getting a little run. Yeah, it, it's kind of like minimal production in a way. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. involve too much instrumentation, and because of that, I think his voice really kind of cuts through, and it sounds like he's mm-hmm. almost like in the room with you. It sounds pretty intimate. Uh-huh. Um, kind of reminds me of like. The beats like kind of like some like old school Nas, like Biggie, Jay Z, like sure. I don't know. I, I could see them like flowing over some of these, yeah. and I appreciate that Other it New doesn't York influences follow certain uh, trends in, in, in a lot of hip hop today. Yeah, um, well, and he kind of pushes back against those rappers uh, in quotes and and on the the last song on the album, 1985. Yeah, intro to the fall off. Uh, that's that's like a direct attack at some you know the stereotypical rappers in the game right now that are you know sort of like caricatures of mm-hmm. stereotypes and you know he's he's pushing back on that a little bit and trying to be a little more responsible and like push a message that is positive for young you know black kids in America and around the world and and not just black kids but you know kids and uh you know all cultures so yeah i i 
appreciate that. And it's, you know, again, like getting back to some reviews I've read of people like saying, does he have the the clout to kind of do something like that? I, I would say he does because of his success and uh, his confidence, you know, shines through. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what are your, what are some of your favorite tracks on the album? You mentioned KOD and I said ATM, but what are your... Mm-hmm like three or four that you've listened to the most yeah yeah so kod it is a put the certified banger stamp of approval on it Um, (laughs) yeah and i love that you know there's only kind of three to four elements in the entire song there's like these drums these kind of low soft synthesizers some keys Uh but the track still bangs I, i saw that that song broke spotify's opening day streaming record i feel oh, like wow. these streaming records are kind of broken every week but yeah. still like it's an <laughs> they're accomplishment made to be to, broken to break one of them and is streamed uh you know like over four million times on that first day alone uh wow. kevin's heart i would say is my favorite track yeah um just a, a bit slower really smooth beat um love the flow i was riding my bike around brooklyn listening to mm. it and it just mm-hmm. it just felt right uh and you know, fire this one up at your next backyard barbecue and yeah. it has a nice yeah. bouncy vibe. And it's just like, uh-huh. it's just like agreeable, like good rap music. I mean, I, I don't know. For there's sure. no, there's no other way to kind of put it. Um, motivate. <laughs> what more can I say? <laughs> yeah. Motivate is, I think motivate, the flow yeah. is, is wild on, on, on that track at, at around like the one twenty minute, there's a very specific uh, point in the song where I just really, really love his flow it almost like he he starts like rapping in halftime and it almost like yeah collapses around the beat but then it like twirls back up and then like locks right back into it i don't know it's it's yeah. a little hard to articulate but i just listen to I, I start know at 120 on motivate yeah. and you know what i mean yeah well yeah that just shows his like precision and his dedication to lyrics and flow and you know timing and stuff he's, he's a true true artist in the rap game in that way Mm-hmm. yeah are there any other tracks that that stand out for you on this album yeah those all those you mentioned are some of my favorites and then also uh window pane outro mm-hmm. uh is a really amazing song when the beat kicks in around like a minute it's just it's a really fun song to listen to over and over it's not necessarily like a fun in message but uh just the way he flows on the beat is awesome and i really love that song um yeah, and then 1985 intro to the fall off is yeah the closing track. Yeah, kind of been like really hyped and getting a lot of people noticing. You know, I've seen a lot of like social media posts about it, uh, and it's interesting. It says intro to the fall off in quotes, uh, so I, I imagine maybe that his next album will be called the fall off. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. bold to put an intro to your next album on the outro of your current album. It's just kind of cool. And yeah. never really seen that before. If that's what it is, I don't, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I'm really enjoying this album. It's, it's something I've like run to multiple times and it's, it motivates. Driving uh, music, I feel like As yeah, someone who great doesn't driving really music drive anymore. As you are yeah. driving, uh, lifestyles are, quite uh drastically different <laughs> right so, right i drive a lot good driving music. yeah no it's great uh, driving music put the windows yeah. down uh done that a lot and it's it's something you can listen to all the way through i i recently i've sort of skipped to my more favorite songs but it's definitely something that you know has that sound uh collective sound that you can go all the way through with so yeah that is kod j cole's newest album do you have anything else to say about that um no, yeah, I think I got all my main points across. Uh, definitely recommend checking it out, even if you're yeah. not necessarily a J. Cole fan, but just a hip-hop fan looking for 
And now, like we said, it came out a little over a month ago. You've probably listened to a, a little bit of it if you're into that uh, space. But if you're an old school hip hop fan that you mm-hmm. you've kind of shied away from or soured on modern hip hop, I think it's an album worth checking out for those people for sure. Mm-hmm. So um, let's. Um, so yeah, do you want to? Let's yeah, move on let's, into let's, the let's the visual media game. Um, so first, we're going to touch on the biggest movie of all time, Ben. Is that uh, is that uh, is that uh, yes, official? It is. It is official, right? I mean, it, I it had the biggest it break the opening records? weekend. Well, I, I'm well, biggest sure opening week, biggest opening week. Obviously, like it needs to be yeah. out a little bit longer. I mean, it, it's probably on the pathway to become the highest grossing sure yeah but it is domestically had the biggest opening weekend of all time but uh so yeah avengers infinity war the Mm -hmm. newest marvel cinematic universe i thought you were talking about isle of dogs the wes anderson oh no (laughs) that thing crushed at the box office hey yeah that was a fine movie i saw it but anyway no we are talking about infinity war of course yes avengers infinity war the 19th movie in the marvel cinematic universe and directed by anthony russo and joe russo known as the russo brothers uh they also directed captain america the winter soldier in 2014 and Captain America Civil War in 2016, which is basically an Avengers movie. It's called Captain America Civil War, but it features, like, I don't know, 20 of these characters and is basically an Avengers movie. Um, and, of course, they directed the the currently untitled second half of Infinity War, which will come out around this time next year and will surpass this movie, I'm sure, as the new biggest movie of all time. The entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the infinity stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. But yeah, getting back into this movie, it's, uh, you know rated very highly uh critically and audience meter wise on rotten tomatoes it's 84 critic 92 audience which is really good Mm -hmm. especially for a comic book movie uh really high on imdb 8.9 which is really high for movies on there they're they're kind of uh tough with their their ratings um it's two hours and 36 minutes, including the credits and stinger, which you kind of have to sit through. And, and yeah. I appreciate, you know, it's it's cool to see uh, a movie that, you know, it's part of the comic book movie culture now to sit through the credits because there's always at least one stinger. But I'm, I, it's cool to, that the audience as a whole watches the credits and gives a little bit of uh, attention to the the just staggering number of names that are on the credits and how oh, many people I, I, I was struck by that when i i was yeah. like there were how many people work on these movies Five thousand people involved in this production. right right and it's it's it is pretty fascinating how we as an audience have become conditioned to just stick around after yeah. a, you know a two and a half hour movie right i mean i'm just gonna say post credit scenes i mean one out of every 30 do i even like in my left say about glad i stuck around for that i don't know you just kind of <laughs> yeah. like it's like the FOMO experience, like, well, I guess I might as well, like, everyone else is sticking around. I'm already here. Um, yeah. So and it's a way to I... just sort of, like, take in the movie and, and sit back and reflect yeah, yeah, on yeah. it for a few minutes before leaving. And so it, do... it's bled into every other genre. <laughs> I'm always, like, when we see a movie now, I'm always asking Natalie, I'm like, 
is there a stinger? And she looks it up on her phone. <laughs> Even like yeah. Isle of Dogs that you mentioned, I was like, <laughs> is there a stinger? <laughs> you know. Right, right. Uh, it's funny. So do you, let's get into how we felt about the movie. Um, yeah. I think, you know, let's, I think this is a spoiler. Yes. going to be a spoiler zone. I mean, if you haven't seen this movie yet, but you still care to hear about this podcast, I don't understand like <laughs> how that would that kind of person would exist. How'd you I mean, miss it? has been out for a while a bit, so <laughs> yeah. let's get into it. Um, if you want to skip ahead and, and, and not get spoiled, feel free to. But, yeah. you know, it really, I feel like this movie officially kicked off the summer movie season. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I, I didn't see it opening weekend because I was at a wedding and I had to make plans, you know, the following week and I was like, I, I feel like I'm missing out here. Definitely. Um, so it was one that I was like, mainly driven to the theater because I felt like I was kind of uh, out out of the uh, the conversation a little bit. Yeah. I saw it at um, Alamo Draft House in nice. downtown Brooklyn. Just had a grand old time with, you know, some craft beers. How was your audience? Was it pretty interactive? Yeah, it was a good, good, respectful audience at the mm-hmm. Alamo. They do a really good job of, um, you know, keeping that all in check. And yeah. it's always a really respectful audience. Or else they, like, literally, like, throw you out. <laughs> Kick so you out. Yeah. Everyone was well-behaved. Um had some craft beer, some baked pretzels, some popcorn, just a delightful time. Um, Sounds as lovely. Far as the movie theater experience. Uh, so do you want to get into, uh, yeah, we haven't, either of us said how we kind of felt personally. Yeah. Um, do you want to kind of get into what we what we liked and then maybe some criticisms? Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I think it's an incredible achievement in storytelling and just the the bringing together of all these elements of the MCU and and tying them all together it's just it it seems like an a daunting almost impossible task to try to include all of these characters and give them something you know worthy of of the time on screen you know and and make it all make sense and you know not shortchange anybody and you know highlight a few characters maybe more than others um so yeah, just in that sense, I thought it was highly successful and and really amazing to see. And I I don't think so. You were saying like the audience in your theater was respectful or whatever. This is kind of a movie that you want the audience to be a little like playful and into it Rowdy. and like cheering. Well, yeah, I mean they were yeah they were la- they're just like people weren't on their phones or like sure speaking, sure you know in between scenes of dialogue. And right. Like well, that, that's good. But, yeah, you know. but like the the level of excitement that I felt during this movie in the theater, I was. I felt like a kid, you know, like just really, really fun and just the anticipation of seeing all the characters on screen. And then I, I was fascinated by the way like they incorporated all the different soundtracks and like musical cues of the characters and the way that like that like brought out the emotion in you of of seeing like, oh, there's Captain America for the first time. And then when you're in Wakanda, they bring out the Black Panther like theme song. It's it was just really, really cool. And like what other movie in history can combine all of these highly successful movies into one like it's it's really a movie that's never I mean it's not the first Avengers movie but I think it's the best one of the 3 so far or 4 if you mm-hmm. include Civil War but uh yeah I think it's just an amazing piece of storytelling and movie making and something that I think will be looked at. we'll see how the second one the second half of this one goes I I assume it will be really good as well it's directed by the same people and shot basically at the same time so it'll be amazing to or sort of interesting to look back on this movie in 10 years to see where it stands in the pantheon but I think it's going to go down in history as one of the best comic book achievements wow so 
I thought it was fine. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> oh, really? I, I did not. <laughs> I, uh, I liked it. I liked it. Let, let me talk about yeah, what I liked for a second. Okay, yeah. Knit some, knit, um, knit some picks. Knit some picks, exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, the opening sequence, I wanted to touch on it, showing kind of like the 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, all those uh-huh. characters in motion, like in each letter and just like them coming at you. It's just, it really set the stage of like, I'm about to witness an event here yeah. before, you know, the first scene is even shown. Um, the humor in these movies is is really impressive. I mean, yeah. the way they've built this ensemble of, of actors who just know how to deliver punchlines, they all have good comedic timing, the writing is witty. It's just amazing how many cast members now bring humor to the table. I think right. the beginning of the MCU is relying on, you know, mainly Iron Man or, mm-hmm. you know, um, just a small batch of characters. But now yeah. it's like, you know, with Thor, he's like a comedic, you know, he's become like really funny. And I just, you know, really Guardians funny. of the Galaxy and just the whole... Yeah. The whole cast, I mean, there's like 50 main characters in this, but it's just Well, it's just something that's whole... been there. It, it's been there from the beginning with Iron Man was the first movie, and uh, to, yeah. you know, Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. is very comedic in his sensibilities, and, and they just sort of established that these movies are going to have humor in them, and I think that's why yeah. they're so much more successful than the DC movies. It's just a little more playful, a little more like feels mm-hmm. like a comic book, and you can have more fun and just let loose a little bit. And yeah, look, what you said about Thor, Thor Ragnarok was really, really funny. Almost, I mean, I'd almost categorize it as a comedy and, you know, uh, Guardians the same way, uh, Guardians 2. And those two worlds are kind of combined in this movie. So yeah, yeah I, I I was struck by that as well. There are a lot of a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy in this movie, more than I anticipated, which I, yeah. I mostly enjoyed. They obviously bring, yeah, a lot of humor to the table as well. I thought, you know, I don't think we've even mentioned Thanos yet, who right. is the, I mean, he's the main character of this movie. Uh-huh. He's this villain. He's kind of like one of the most decorated villains in comic book history. Right. I know like diehard Marvel fans have been just waiting for, you know, the time where he actually gets in a movie we've been teased about this moment um, sure. for a while. And I thought even though he looked a bit corny at times, mm. there was a lot of kind of multi-layered emotional depth with him. Definitely right. one of the most compelling Marvel villains. Definitely. Um, I think played by, played by um, Josh, Brolin. Yeah, Josh Brolin. And it was actually um, really fascinating how he, the CGI of, of the face kind of looked like Josh Brolin oh, at times. Yeah. So they did like a great job of that. And things yeah. Like that. Yeah. And I, I don't think maybe he wasn't as menacing as he was in the comics. Like, I know he's, like, mm. obsessed with death, death in this whole, like, profound way. And, right. You know, they definitely, I mean, yeah, he's, don't get me wrong, he's he's pretty evil in the movie. But, sure. um, you know, they made him complex and, you know, yeah. made the audience kind of understand uh, a bit from his perspective. Yeah, we see a lot of his backstory. We see him cry in this movie. Like, when can you say you've seen a villain shed a tear, <laughs> you know, like... That's a, it's just really, you know, you had, you had the heart and it had the, the depth to the character and the entire story. So yeah, that, that just made it, you know, all that more successful and and interesting to watch. What was your favorite moment? Would you say or favorite scene? Oh, um, I don't, I really loved all the Thor and, uh, Chris Pratt's star Lord, um, character, Mm -hmm. Like they're back and forth, the comedically Trying to with each other. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, really great. Like, uh, you know, I just love that part of it. Um, I really liked seeing Captain America for the first time. He's he's sort of been out on his own, doing his own thing since Civil War. Uh, you know, yeah, that the, action sequence where he's first. I think they're trying to like save Vision, who's kind of like a yeah. nothing character in this. But <laughs> right, it right. is a really cool. 
uh, action sequence, if I recall correctly. Yeah, for like, sure. Rescuing him, and that's for when sure. you first see Captain America. Right, really well done. And the battle um, on Wakanda. Yeah, that kind of is in like that last third. Mm-hmm. You know, when Black Panther says like Wakanda forever, and they're about to charge. Right. I was like, all right, yeah. Oh this boy. Is- Get the dope. tingles. Um, yeah, and then when and Thor <laughs> smashes through with, like, the god of thunder and, you know, like, finally shows up and just kills all those, like, demon dogs or whatever, uh, that mm-hmm. was amazing. Like, Thor, I think, is the star of this movie and, and yeah. honestly, of the whole cinematic universe. Um, I think pretty he's amazing kind of that, taken the lead. And that's not a, like, unpopular opinion. I've heard a lot of people say that. And it's just yeah. pretty amazing. Like, I mean, nobody cared about Thor the dark world his movie yeah. yeah i mean you know and yeah some of the movies have been great but i think yeah. with the success of ragnarok and you know the performance um mm-hmm. chris hemsworth and he's obviously you know in this movie strikingly yeah. handsome <laughs> very yeah very striking <laughs> right. um and yeah i mean i'll definitely agree with you that it is truly like incredible how marvel has put this all together the way it's been coordinated over the last 10 years the landscape they've built i mean it's just like from like a business execution standpoint it's just like miraculous and it's just like a huge right. success and they deserve a lot of credit for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, yeah, when I say I have some criticisms, um, let me just kind of address Yeah, those. I have a couple it, as well. Yeah, so I think, now I did see this a week ago as we're recording, and it's not necessarily as fresh in my mind. And, you know, as I was preparing for this episode, I was trying to you know, think back, you know, collect my thoughts and really kind of like find specific, you know, uh, you know, points. And I think a lot of the scenes, you know, a lot of it takes place, takes place in space it's not really on it's in kind of this like dark kind of poorly lit like space conditions with these Mm -hmm. like purples and reds and um it kind of a lot of the scenes kind of like swashed together in a way Mm -hmm. there's so many of them i heard someone describe i think it was our boy chris ryan saying like this movie is kind of like 10 like 20 minute movies like yeah yeah i thought that was a great Um, way to put it and i you know it's it's kind of i found it hard to look at them like piece by piece i kind of when i first think of this Mm -hmm. movie i just kind of think of like some like that visual of them in space and like i can't really like it's hard to like remember exactly what happened like I yeah just, the sequence of events i don't really care about the nuances of this story because mm. i mainly because i don't really know the comics well enough and yeah. it seems like everyone that is very close to the comics thought it was very well handled so yeah I'll, I'll give them the credit there but you know the infinity stone like that main you know the MacGuffin of the infinity stone right yeah the infinity the gauntlet the he's trying to collect that's, the six infinity stones that's the the driving force of the movie yeah i mean and that and that's that's cool like i'm into that and it was well told and reinforced yeah. and laid out in a way that was very you know simple and straightforward but i don't know i guess like i'm when i go to these marvel movies i'm looking you know more for you know the, the types of action sequences Fun and the banter amongst yeah. the characters and, and and you know writing and right. I don't know I feel like the movie I don't know it just well, it, it kind of comes down to like mismanaged expectations a little bit mm, but I yeah. um yeah so I, I don't I think know you I have thought, to you you kind of kind of look at it if you start to get into like how they traveled from place to place and like the logistics of the storyline and you know why haven't we ever seen this planet before and all of a sudden the soul stone is on that planet and (laughs) you know like all these like there's some leaps and yeah so i i think i think i just enjoyed it for like the spectacle nature of it more than trying to like understand the story like it's it's surface level enough that anybody even if you haven't seen a lot of these movies you can kind of pick up on what's happening
happening. Um, I would I would recommend you know for people that are like, oh, I'm so behind on these movies, I can't see it. It doesn't really matter. Like you'll you'll get it for the most part if you know anything about the world. You'll you'll kind of follow the storyline well enough. Um, and it's fun to see like Spider Man with Doctor Strange and Iron Man. You know all these different yeah, groupings these of these characters, combinations that you haven't yeah. really seen before. Right. It's just, I just thought it was so fun. And like, I just hadn't felt that way in a movie in a long time. It's, it's hard to remember really feeling this way in a movie. So for that reason, I I kind of loved it. Um, And yeah, to, to, you know, pick a few nits here. uh, I think I didn't really love the character of played by Peter Dinklage. And I thought his performance was a little like loud and didn't really fit in with the, the rest of the world. But that's whatever is kind of like a nice cameo is kind of fun audience reaction was there uh and then the scarlet witch and vision love story was kind of whatever for me and yeah you know a little a little bit too much screen time spent on that but it was kind of an a critical element because uh vision has the the mind stone attached to his face so uh it was pretty important but yeah let's uh do you want to touch on the ending of this movie is kind of yeah a, we have to and some of the deaths as, that occur throughout the movie a lot of a lot of death here so as anyone who's seen this movie knows i mean there's you know things go down in the last 10 minutes yeah. of this film where yeah. seemingly most of our heroes <laughs> at uh, least half are, disintegrate into dust yeah. and are seemingly quote-unquote right. dead right the thing is, I mean, these are characters like Black Panther and Spider-Man who are already contractually committed to star in upcoming releases. Yeah. Um, so it's not like these stakes really matter. They'll be back. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't you know. You kind of know that they're going back. They're going to come back to life. Like, I give it credit for at least showing like a fake version of these stakes in a way. Mm-hmm. But I, still, like, I don't know. It's a, You could... I think it's pretty easy to make the argument that it's like a little bit of a, a cop-out. Um, and yeah. I think... I think the way that Spider-Man's quote-unquote death was handled was mm-hmm. was very effective because he's yeah. like this young boy and kind of the confusion on his face. That actually brought some tears to my eyes. <laughs> I was, a li- <laughs> yeah, I was man, pretty sad. Gonna... Yeah, I mean, it was it was emotional, definitely. Definitely the most emotional of the, the set and, uh, you know, falling into like Downey, you know, Iron yeah. Man's arms and stuff like that. I'll tell you um, what, if I, if I lived in this universe, I would put all my money in the Swiffer market. <laughs> oh, yeah. buy Swiffer right, right. stock they're gonna be uh dusting all sorts of stuff <laughs> well yeah because i i forget the specifics of how like it, didn't he white it wasn't just like the heroes that die but it was like most no of like Earth or yeah 50 percent of 50 percent of the universe and it was like done at <laughs> random so yeah all life all sentient life i believe uh so like yeah homo sapiens and all like you know advanced uh, intellectual mm-hmm. creatures, fifty uh, percent of them died. So yeah, just that's that's sort of the theme is that uh, you know Thanos believes he's the only one that's going to take action, and you know the universe has a limited number of resources that can't sustain this level of life, and you know that's a that's a theme that applies to Earth, and you know whatever. I don't really want to get into that, but yeah, that that is sort of the motivation behind his character. So what's your? I don't know. It's it's going to be pretty high, but your final final rating, I know we yeah. try to do these like 0 through 10, you can do sure. decimal points. Do you have do you have something I, in mind? I did. I went with a 9.2 out of 10. Whoa! Yeah, and a little I bit, mean, you know, like a 4.6 out of, or 4.5 out of This is going to uh, be five, on your, whatever you want. 
sounds like we'll be revisit maybe revisiting this one during our inaugural yeah. uh, top ten. It's possible. Films of yeah, I mean, definitely. I think it will be in my top ten. I I I just had a lot of fun with it. I you know, what, I mean, it was what very, did you yeah, think? It, I was entertained. Yeah, overall throughout. I I mean, my final rating is a bit lower. I have right now like a seven point two. Okay. Okay. Good. I mean, yeah. It's hey, that's that's a yeah. It's a B. You know, right. I I don't know. I just that's a C for the reasons discussed. <laughs> um. Okay. C. Yeah. C plus. <laughs> I, I mean, it's been a long it, time no, definitely since above average. School. Yeah. Sure. 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 But that is what I'm going to stick with. Um. For now. Uh. To wrap things up, Rob. I know we want to recommend this new show on BBC America, Killing Eve. Yeah. Um. That's getting some. Some word about buzz. I texted you that I had started watching it. You checked out the first two, and we want to just kind of give our listeners some some reasons why they should definitely check this one out because I think the show is rather awesome. I know you are an extraordinary person, exceptionally bright, determined. something happened to you I know you're a psychopath yeah so we've both watched two episodes uh, out of six when this uh, podcast is put out there will be six episodes it's airing on Sundays um, I'm not sure what time, but it's on BBC America and also AMC, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been watching it on the AMC app on my Apple TV. Yeah. Really and easy to access. Yeah. yeah. Like you can get it on these apps and they're all free, I think. You know? Yeah. I think they're running commercials with like two minute commercial breaks yeah, with yeah, it yeah. right now since it's such a new release, but you know, put up with it. Um, and yeah, it premiered April 8th, been airing weekly. It's going to be a total of eight episodes and... So it's basically this story about a, uh, I guess, a killer for hire or killer. Assassin. Yeah, assassin that's been sort of, uh, I believe she's Russian. I'm not 100% mm-hmm. sure yeah. on that Her yet. I'm sure we'll, Russian. Yeah, we're going to get some backstory on that. But it's played by this, she's played by this British ac- actress named uh, Jodie Comer, or Comer mm-hmm. um, who's actually 25 years old, Ben. Really... <laughs> She's giving a great performance. She is yeah. this strikingly beautiful uh, blonde woman, and it fits the character so well because she looks like a Barbie doll. Like in her facial structure is like very rigid, yeah. and like her jawline is amazing, and she's just this beautiful uh, person. But her character is, you know killing these people it's not a spoiler because it, it you kind of yeah, write she's, a, she's an assassin yeah, yeah you right you away that find out beginning. that she's an assassin and the way she like watches people die and oh, her yeah. eyes her eyes like get glassy and she really yeah. looks like a doll it's it's really like scary and haunting but um sandra O, oh, she she's a member of mi5 in london and she is tasked with investigating one of these murders. And then she's sort of secretly like, uh, has her own investigation going on about this. Uh, she believes to be a, a woman serial killer and she, I won't spoil anything, but she basically gets tasked to like, uh, yeah. only focus on this, this person and this, uh, set of killings. And, uh, yeah, the story goes from there. And that that's kind of the, the two main characters. 
Yeah, this show, it's it's just like a lot of fun. It kind of keeps you guessing. It's this kind of cat and mouse vibe between yeah. those two main characters that you just talked about. It almost reminds me of Fargo on FX a bit, mm-hmm. the first two seasons, in that way that is just kind of like, it's offbeat and, and kind of just is full of unexpected and just like cool and, and fun. And I don't know. I just, I, I, I really enjoy watching this show. Um, the performance of Jodie uh, Comer, I mean, it carries the show. You can't take your eyes off her. Yeah. She has this one side that's like very, she's innocent and like yeah. seductive. And then there's other side that's she like She seems like so cold. charming and, you know, like lovable. Yeah. <laughs> it's really I mean, weird. there are moments. This show has like moments. Like, yeah, I want to say like it, it yeah. has like just even in these first two episodes, like five or six moments where you're just like, wow, this right. is gripping. And mm-hmm. it's she turns into like this. She's like this stone cold, twisted assassin that shows like <laughs> no remorse. But yeah. then she can also like snap into like this. Oh, I want to just like cuddle with you almost. Right. And it's really, um, yeah, really striking. Yeah, I like the Euro travel element in this of the show definitely um, she's it, based it out of place paris all over europe yeah, yeah but um, she travels she takes like day trips to tuscany and uh, other mm-hmm. other cities and and you know assassinates somebody and then comes back yeah and it's it goes there with its violence i mean it is yeah. lethal at times and definitely i like it is, the, <laughs> you know uh viewer beware there's definitely some violent stuff in there yeah like that will make you squirm a bit but right. it, i like the episode length that they're around like 40 yeah minutes yeah um, so yeah, there is some, it's like a nice like sweet spot where like you can, it's not too much to like take on to watch an episode, you know, they're not like an hour, you know, plus or anything right. like that. And yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I think if you're listening to this right now, like go check the show out. I, I, I definitely think it's one of the better yeah things to come out on TV in like the last year or two mm-hmm. and uh, really exciting to see where, where it goes. I think things, they establish a lot in those first two episodes and I think, yeah. especially the way this second episode ends, like I think like it's like. It's, it's on now. Yeah, it's you setting know, up um, to be really special, yeah. and I'm I'm really excited to finish the whole season. I'm kind of waiting for Natalie to catch up so we can watch it together. Yeah, I texted her. It the show hits really quickly. Like I texted her. She's out of town right now, but I uh, after one commercial break, I was like, it's a ten. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> it, it like immediately draws you in yeah, yeah. and is really good and. Uh, so there's not a lot of like fluff time. You're no. you're not like introduced to uh, the characters in a drawn out manner. It's kind of right in your face. And uh, yeah, I think people will really like this one. Yeah. So I think uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Must Go Faster. Thanks so much as always, everyone, for listening. Um, you know, reminder to, to share this podcast with anyone in your life that's Please into do. culture the way we are. Um, you know, check us out on subscribe on itunes leave us a review or on stitcher soundcloud etc follow us on our instagram twitter facebook accounts yeah and um we'll, we'll catch you guys next time yeah and if you subscribe on the podcast app on your iphone it will automatically download the new episode for you and it'll just pop up on your phone it's a nice mm. delivery mechanism there and makes yeah. it very simple so yeah uh thank you very much for listening always appreciated and We'll be back in a couple weeks with a new episode.